Hello, everyone, and welcome to Songversations, the long waits podcast where we interview songwriters about their methods and approaches to writing songs. I'm Bjorkvin, and I play guitar and sing in the long wait. You can visit us at thelongwait.com, our very active social media profiles on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube channels that are all under the username Long Wait Music. You can support this podcast and our music in multiple ways, either by becoming a patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash thelongwait, using our Amazon affiliate link through thelongwait.com slash Amazon, or sending us a tip through our virtual tip jar at thelongwait.com slash tips. Thank you very much for your support, and now let's get into this week's interview. All right, today we have Celeste Amadi on the show, and uh, it's actually, re- I'm really excited about this interview because we recorded this a while ago. She was one of my first guests that I interviewed, but uh, we sort of talked about her approach to writing songs because at that point she was more of a folk artist, but as we hinted on at the end of the interview is that she was starting to go in a different direction uh, and more of an electronic pop feel and she definitely delivered on those goods and uh, I'm glad we waited to publish this episode because you'll be able to hear one of her new singles and I'm super excited to be one of the people that basically gets to promote her because she's awesome. Stephen Lee Tracy who produced it with her, he's a great producer down at St. Cecilia Studios in Tucson and uh, I'm really excited to share this interview with you. So uh, without further ado, Celeste Amadi and uh, the song that we'll be playing at the very end is called Huntress. All right, we're here with Celeste Amadi. She is a singer-songwriter with roots in Tucson and Portland. And it's actually a really funny story how we met. She was going to have an EP release concert in Tucson and she looked up bands in Tucson to play with and then she contacted us. And we were more than happy to play with her. And it was funny because her EP release in Portland, that where she was living at the time, was at the same date that I was actually going on vacation to Portland. So I went to her Portland release party as well, even though I did not play there either. She is influenced by folk and pop traditions. Celeste's songs speak with lilting honesty of her experiences of love, loss, passion, and joy. The acoustic guitar, often in alternate tunings, is her main instrument with piano as her second. At the forefront of her musical style is her lyricism and adoration of words and the power they hold. Celeste's musical journey began in the third grade, taking her through musical theater, opera, and jazz, and finally setting, settling her down into songwriting. With a strong musical background, Celeste is a fresh voice on the musical scene, cultivating connections with her audience through the expression of life experiences that we all share. Whether performing solo or with her band, Celeste Amadi is a dynamic performer, sharing her music and her soul with expressivity and vulnerability. That is a great bio, Celeste. Thank you for coming. Thank you for reading it. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm good. Good. Hot. So, tell the, yeah, it's it's a very hot day in Tucson. Yes, it is. And uh, I was just telling her that I took my dog for a walk in about, I think it was like 100 degree heat or so. It definitely read 113 in my car odometer. <laughs> right. Or my, what is it called? Not odometer. Thermometer. Thermometer. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, thank you for coming on, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about songwriting and such. Awesome. But uh, how about you take a jump off that bio and tell us a little bit about what you've been doing recently? 
Okay, well, recently I've actually been musically changing a bit of my genre. I think I've been playing with, I don't know yet what it's going to be, but it's a little more of a veering off from the actual traditional folk stuff that I have been doing. And it's really exciting. And right now it's kind of exciting to sort of be genreless because I don't really have songs yet <laughs> that okay. are full, that are that are able to like, yeah, it's all just, I'm in complete like searching mode and it's really exciting and a little scary but it was interesting actually hearing you read my bio again which has been a long time since I've looked at that and uh (laughs) the lyrics actually have recently been kind of the main thing that I'm coming back to is to really focus on like the fact that for me words and lyrics and my voice are like my core of who I am as an artist and for a long time I feel like I got kind of trapped in feeling like I needed to be a really great instrumentalist also to be like a good musician and Right. right now it feels really freeing to be actually just sort of collaborating with someone else who's doing more of the musical stuff or I'm bringing in sketches and then I don't have to worry about being perfect at the instrumentation and then get to really just focus on like, okay, what is the melody? What's the lyric? What's the vocal stuff doing? Okay. And uh, exploring that a bit too. So so you're kind of in this in-between state of being yes. a studio musician and a songwriter yeah. and not necessarily, like you're saying, an instrumentalist. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, I'll be playing because you know, I do play, but I've never been like, oh my God, I love guitar. or I love piano. It's always been sort of a means to an end for me. Right. A tool. Yeah, a tool. Exactly. So it's freeing to finally be at a place where I, first of all, look at myself as a musician, whether or not I'm playing or not. Mm-hmm. For a long time, that was not the case. I don't think I really fully took myself seriously as just a vocalist. And so it's great kind of feeling that now is like, nope, that's my, that's my gift. And that's my, like what I've really worked at and being able to really explore that feels freeing and great and exciting. So this is, is this the first time you've sort of been in, I wouldn't say it as a band, but in a collaboration effort where you are mostly focusing on being the singer and the songwriter so you can kind of free yourself doing that Mm -hmm. and like you said obviously play some more but you kind of go to that old school model of just getting musicians to play what they are really really good at instead of you having to learn it yeah totally and right now I mean I don't it very well could be that I end up you know playing and singing but at least in the writing process this is a very different way of writing I guess for me is you know, coming up with the same thing that I, my process is actually the same, but then from there, what I do with it is becoming much more different now that it's more of a collaboration. And yeah, whereas in the past, I think I would, well, I wasn't able to go any farther. It was like, this is my limit. And now being able to. So let's talk a little bit about the method then. You said you have a, you had a specific process and now the end of the process has changed a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I'm assuming the getting the song to where it is, at least a rough draft, is more or less the same. Yeah, or at least the beginning rough draft. Right, right, right. <laughs> the like initial, okay, I have yeah, something. Yeah, when it's not full of <laughs> loops and, and, yeah. and crazy cool sound effects and right. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I think that is the same. And I think that process is that kind of mysterious, you know, what is it that, that, us as, that we as artists, like how do we get something for, out of our heads onto paper and then from there on and like that that moment of connection and that moment of like getting words out and getting something out is still sort of the same for me with this and I'm in more way in some ways more like more aware of it maybe now than than I was in the past as well just because I'm doing something that's so new and I am so aware of the I don't know I think I'm paying attention maybe maybe the difference is I'm just paying more attention to the words and like the feeling and the mood rather than like what I sound what I'm playing on the guitar which is I think sort of allowing me to be a little bit more 
explorative with what I'm doing and having a really safe zone to like bring that in also like you know I don't have to worry about being like I know the the music isn't going to sound what it's going to sound like and so that is sort of just like cool I'll just play G and C and whatever it'll go from there so you feel like you can focus more on figuring out an idea for a song without feeling limited by the instrument totally yeah and it has often been back and forth with me sometimes it feels like a tool and sometimes it feels like a hindrance I think and so right now really focusing on what I feel that I do best and what I feel like is what I've studied my whole life and that being the vocal aspect of it. The process is still the same in terms of like the space that I give myself and sort of the time commitment and all of that. But the process is actually feels a little more free, at least right now. Where do you find inspiration? I often find inspiration from reading and actually often come back to when I'm losing inspiration or when I can't like feel like I'm finding something musically or melodically. I have a few poem, like poetry books, especially that I will turn to just to get some inspiration from a different type of artist uh-huh. doing a similar thing, mm-hmm. but without the music part of it. Cause that's always the part that's felt a little more pressure, right. like being in music school and sort of that being my, my world for a long time. I have more pressure and baggage around like the music. So if I can sort of get connected to the cadence and the rhythm of someone else's poems, like that often inspires something in me. I've got a couple books in particular that I go to sort of on the regular to get that inspiration. And it, it always just like sparks a like fire in my... So you feel like when you read a particular poem, does it like a specific rhythm come to you as you read them? Yeah. Either out loud or just in? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's something I should do. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's been that. well it's been recently I've actually been I'm sort of noticing all this it's good timing doing this because I am in this process of really figuring out how do I stay inspired how do I get inspired how do I deal with feeling like I don't have enough time to do it and being in a lot of transition elsewhere in my life like that is such a sacred thing like how do I not lose that in the midst of it and you know there are days that it's like I don't know what to do or if I'm not doing music it's like what do, if I'm writing lyrics like how no. do I get that inspiration so finding reminding myself I think again that poetry tends to be one of my one of my favorite ways to get inspired because it is so rhythmic it is so creative and it's so similar to songwriting but also is very different and so you can take some pressure off I think yeah I was the it's funny to be having a podcast on songwriting and talking about lyrics and poetry because when I was younger I went to my mom I was probably like 10 or 12 or whatever and I was like you know mom I really get this like whole all right maybe I should know math and stuff and learn to like read and and do all this practical stuff but nobody needs to know how to like remember poetry I don't want to remember po- like it's just too much of a hassle for me. <laughs> the memorizing yeah the memory it was just about the hassle of like basically you know kind of like a parrot like memorizing things <laughs> yeah. it wasn't an appreciation of poetry when you were 12 you no. just had to like learn how to remember to learn it and then look at me now. <laughs> yep, there you are. But it's so different too when it's your own. Right. And when it's something that really means something to you, it's so much easier to remember it because it's yours. Yeah. I totally am with you. I hated right. memorizing stuff. <laughs> right. But now also when you read poetry now, it strikes a chord with you right. because you can see yourself in there or it, it strikes, you, you relate to it in some way. I relate to, in particular, I think I relate to just the creative process and like that's someone else's outlet and Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by how they do it. And yeah. So reading is often one of the ways I will get inspired. Tell us about a time you were really happy with how one of your songs came out. It can be when it just came to you in 15 minutes, or it could have been a real struggle that you were really happy that you finalized. I think 
sort of for me the most memorable one is actually one that I don't at all play anymore. But it was really important because it was it was actually the first song that I really wrote. Mm-hmm. It was like the first time that I was allowing myself to have that space because for so for most of my musical upbringing, it was in classical training and and some jazz as well. But it was very regimented and it was. In the jazz world, I got to do some arrangement, and that was really op- started opening the door to writing my own music. But for a long time, it was that wasn't even on the table of being of like music being a thing for me was to like create my own, and I did still, but I never thought about it seriously. And so I remember it had been on my mind, and I'd been working with a teacher who was really encouraging me, and it'd been months, and I'd just been learning covers, and I'd been doing some stuff. But I remember just one day I was like, "This is the most important thing for me to do right now." I had like a few plans later in the day. I was in school and I, you know, skipped a class or something. But because I was starting to feel this creative, this like movement, and something was there, but you know, it was like, "Oh, but I have these other things I could have to do." And instead of doing them, it was like the first time that I feel like I said yes to that process being something that was really important and what I was doing being really important and giving it the time and saying no to something else like that. I feel like just opened this door for me and I didn't realize any of that at the moment and at the time, but like looking back, like that was so important. And the song was, you know, it was very personal and very, for me was really a process of like going through some transition and trying to, you know, capture some, some of the things that I was feeling. But I remember just sitting there for hours, just sort of in like a trance like state, just like I hit record and on my voice memo and just sort of went and like sang and howled and made weird noises on the guitar and just like totally was in it for a while and ended up, you know, I since it took me months to actually work it into a real song. But that moment was just really memorable for me. And I remember afterwards just feeling like I had just been like there was all this weight that had lifted and it just felt so cleansing and powerful. And, and the song ended up being similar to what I had in those couple hours. The feeling at least stayed the same. So I definitely felt this like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm onto something. And I think that's the biggest moment I've had really in, in songwriting was like that moment. Yeah, I can totally relate to that, especially the uh, forcing yourself to take the time mm-hmm. to like, oh, I feel like I can get really creative right now. I have a bunch of stuff to do. I'm not going to do any of it. Yep. Totally. <laughs> I'm just going to yes. go and follow this little feeling I have in my mind. Yeah. And then something good comes of it. Yeah. And it's interesting for me being, it's something I struggle with. I need discipline. Like I'm very left brain in a lot of ways, but I also like without the balance, I feel totally imbalanced. So it's, it's funny to be like needing that structure and needing to like force yourself in a lot of time in a lot of ways to like be in that moment when in some ways it would be easier to go do something else, but at the same time still needing, like you're still needing that discipline in order for that creativity to happen. In some ways, I wish I could be a little bit better about being more spontaneous with it, but I found that like having actual discipline around it, like this week again, I started because I'd gotten off track of having that. Like this week I'm waking up, you know, an hour and a half earlier and just having scheduled morning time for writing because if I don't, like it just falls yeah, I, I like <laughs> scheduling blocks of time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't always work no. out, but uh, yeah, it's definitely. good to have that have that mentality of you know, I'm going to shut off the world mm-hmm. except for this one thing I need to do, mm-hmm. and even if nothing comes of it, I might get a couple of ideas. Right, exactly. And then that'll that'll pick. I'll pick that up next time. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you like store little. Store yeah. little things in there, little fragments in right. your brain. and Even if it's just like half a verse or a yeah. melody or a yeah. chord progression or whatever. And even more than that, for me, it's like, cool, even if nothing comes of it, it's me still 
continuing to say yes to that process. And like, I just, I think there's something really powerful there because when that isn't happening, it feels like it's harder to get the creativity flowing. And like, so when you have that regular thing, Mm -hmm. even if you're not, sometimes if you're feeling stuck, you're at least having that time that you're giving to it. Yeah. And yeah, it's the same with just writing in general because mm -hmm. I write a lot. And I've noticed now today compared to like two years ago where I would struggle to write 300 words or whatever. Now Mm -hmm. I usually write five to a thousand words a day and Mm. I don't even blink an eye at it. Yeah. Or do you say bat an eye at it? Blink an eye. You don't even bat bat an eye eye at it. Yeah. I think that's That's the the one. (laughs) 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 See, I would put that in a song and everybody would laugh at me. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) but, you know, it's the regular, it's the regular occurrences that you kind of train your brain to do that. Mm -hmm. Totally. Just pick yourself up and do it again. All right, let's talk about the opposite of it, which is, or I guess not necessarily the opposite, but writer's block. Can you tell us about a method you've used to overcome writer's block? It actually sort of goes hand in hand with what we were just saying. I think the method being like, sometimes that space feels like great and it's not enough and it's, you know, it's fulfilling and wonderful. And sometimes that hour block feels like hell and you're just like, I'm getting nothing done. Like I could be doing all these other things, like whatever, like I'm, I have, I can't, it's not coming to me, whatever. Often I give in, but when I allow myself to sit in it regardless, within usually a few days of that, it starts to shift. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that is necessarily, but sort of forcing myself and whether it be like, okay, fine, I'm, you know, I was going to try to write the song and nothing else is happening. Like, okay, I'll learn a cover. I'll listen back to a song that I did. Like I'll go through my voice memos, which I have like hundreds of little blurbs of things like to get some idea um read you know read a poetry book write just freeform write like there's all these other things that could be used that that are still creative that are sort of getting around it Mm -hmm. to maybe because like sometimes you can't just sit and write a song like you have to get to it this little side cut way so it's allowing yourself to then get to it a different way and even if the song is you know nothing at least if that starts something else or maybe from that song you have this little fragment they'll use to write another song or but sort of the forcing of time for me is is what overcomes it and ideally like when I'm actually in that pretty regularly for a good year or so I I had a writing time almost every day where it was half an hour to an hour and that was the time that I felt the least blocked like I didn't it felt like there was already creativity going at, especially if I do it at the beginning of the day right. throughout the day so that when I have another period of time like there's already like that's already happening so for me that works really well it's harder just, you know, life happens and it's hard to get back into it. But um, I'm this week, I'm on that path day two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I always feel like, uh, do you have a specific time? Or is it, do you like the morning? I do like morning. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm the same way. I like, uh, I feel like I'm most productive in the morning. And I, I kind of need to chug myself yeah. a little bit or push myself a little bit to uh, get moving in the afternoon. Yeah, it's hard, especially... Like, I really am not a night owl. Like, no, me it's neither. difficult playing late shows or, like, going to the studio at night. It's like, okay, all right. That's an actual, like, forcing my energy to get up there. But Yeah, the morning routine, uh, I guess it gets easier as you get older. Yeah, I think that's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was a pretty good night owl when I was 16, yeah, 17, I was 18. Yeah, about that then, too. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about influences. What famous songwriters do you look up to, either now or in the past? 
Well, I was, I was actually just reading an article about Dolly Parton that made me realize, like, I'm not actually a huge fan of, like, like I won't really listen to her music. I have a couple of friends who cover some of her songs that are fantastic. But every time I hear a song, especially when it's a cover, it's like, wow, oh, that's a Dolly Parton song. Like, she's incredibly prolific. She's also just one of those people who fulfills this, like, she's just a funny person. Like, in some ways, she fits into this stereotype of, like, this, what a woman is supposed to look like and all this stuff, you know, she's like, talks about like loving what a prostitute looked like. And that's like what she sort of like based her look off. But also she is so, she's just such a badass, like, (laughs) and she can play and write and do all these things that are traditionally male roles too. And she just does it in her own way. And I really look up to that. And yeah, her song, her songwriting is amazing. Like there are all these songs that I hear. I can't think of there was one the other day that I was like, what? Dolly Parton wrote that? And she's still just doing it. I really admire that. I, Bonnie Raitt, uh, even though I don't really play any music at all <laughs> like her, she's another one of those. I just grew up listening to her and my parents both just totally idolize her. And so I sort of grew up with her as kind of role model as just such a strong presence and amazing voice, amazing songs. Like, I Can't Make You Love Me. Oh, my gosh. That breaks my heart so much. It's a good song. And like perfect delivery yeah. Yeah. So I saw her live a couple of years ago also, which was the first time I'd seen her and like walk, watching her walk onto stage. I've never seen someone just like own the stage so much. And with that presence of like, she's been doing this for 40 something years and she is just home on stage. Things like that is like, okay, you know, I won't be an amazing slide guitar player, but I want to have that same career, like longevity. I want to have that feeling 40 yeah. years from now walking onto stage and have the type of career and the prestige I guess of like being really well well respected yeah as a musician and um but in terms of sort of more modern like what I'm trying to sound like like what I'm really influenced by right now in terms of what I get excited about much more like I don't even know what it's called genre wise I feel like everything's sort of melding together yeah, right now anyway true. but I've been listening to Ryan Weaver she's interesting broods and Heim and I think a lot of like female fronted bands that are just have some interesting characteristics to their voice, to their texture, sound wise, vocal harmonies, I'm a huge fan of. And uh, yeah, I'm just interested in music that's sort of pushing the boundaries a little bit, but also maintaining like the integrity of like what makes a song really good and what makes a yeah. melody really catchy. Still and, has some sort of a hook yeah. and yeah. song structure that's accessible. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Accessible is a good word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone I really like in that sort of genre that that, that uh, sort of pushes the boundaries is Imogen Heap. Yeah, totally. Yeah, she kind of has that whole electronic mm-hmm. scene down. She's a crazy good engineer, too. She has a Grammy for, awesome. for, an, for engineering, not for yeah, anything else. Right. Or I don't think she has for anything else, but she has a Grammy for engineering. So awesome. she's crazy good in that yeah. sort of way and has very kind of accessible sounding songs mm-hmm. with great melodies totally. even though it's all drenched in crazy cool synths and stuff like that yeah and beats and and, and such yeah cool let's talk about not just influences but songs so either yours obviously talk a little bit about origins of your songs but also like any songs that have sort of followed you throughout that have influenced you or have stood out for some reason i think yeah right now i'm it's funny, like I, I have a great appreciation for all of my songs that I've written and recorded. Granted, you know, I have five of them recorded, but because um, it's really pretty new to me, songwriting in general. Yeah. But I'm definitely at the point where I'm just like, 
I don't want to play them anymore. I just want to be working on whatever's next. So right now I'm having a hard time actually thinking about any of my own that I'm like, yeah. Although in general, like I've always, like after every song that I've finished writing, I've felt this sense of like, okay, yeah, I feel proud about, I feel proud of this. And that's how I feel like it'll always be. And you'll always be, hopefully at least for me, then excited for whatever's next. But I think, well, (laughs) so Taylor Swift's style is totally the last, I don't know, six months or so. Like that comes on my is that, on the, pretty, is that on the new album? Yeah, on her. Well, yeah, I think it's 19, 1989. Yeah. It's one of the radio ones. It's, um, got that James Dean day. Oh, right, right, right. I love that song. Like, there's something about it that's, like, nostalgic and, like, it has that sort of, like, guitar riff that sort of makes you feel like you're in the 80s a little yeah. bit. And then it's also... Yeah. <laughs> but there's That's a really every cool time guitar sound too. It is. No, it is. It's a great sound. Like it's the first song that made me think like I had never listened to anything of Taylor Swift. I didn't even know like which one songs were hers. Right. But I heard that song and I was like, "What? This is awesome." Like all I want to do is just get in my car and like drive. Yeah. And so it's actually been I've been paying attention since that to okay, like what is it that makes a song kind of want me like what makes me feel that way? Yeah. And I don't know if I have an answer yet, but in general songs like that have been especially recently I think sticking with me because I sort of want to like I want to play a song of mine driving down the freeway like going to San Diego and be like yes this is a perfect road trip song. I have two CDs in the CD player of my car Uh and it is Taylor Swift's 1989 and it is Beatles love (laughs) album. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) It's a hurt it's a good album I'm yeah no I'm I'm I'm, I'm heavily impressed by the production of that album. yeah definitely I think Into the Woods yeah is uh no, out of the woods. Out of I the think, woods. Yeah, I think right. out Not of the, the musical. woods. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> I think out of the woods might be my favorite track on that album. I like that one a lot too. Yeah, it's a crazy, yeah, it's cool a, chorus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big like ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that we're talking about Taylor Swift right now. <laughs> but really, like I, I so appreciate. There's just something really. It's just a good song, and yeah, yeah I, I'm terrible at remembering other songs that have stuck with me i'm sure there's tons that have stuck with me like bon Iver maybe is one of those artists that like those songs i think what it is maybe is songs that evoke something really emotional okay that isn't necessarily tied to like a certain place or time like it sort of conjures up this nostalgic thing that i do have some attachment to like i remember listening to bon Iver the first time and but it's not tied to a memory right it's not necessarily tied to a memory it just has every time i listen i have this like emotional reaction okay. and sometimes I know with Bon Iver, especially like that for Emma, for Emma album, like mm-hmm. sometimes I can listen to it and just be like, oh, this is exactly, it's like soothing and it feels like it's like feeding my soul. Yeah. And then sometimes I listen to it and it's like too emotional and it's, it's a little like too dark. Right. And it's funny how it can, to me, like sometimes I see albums like changing hue depending on wherever I'm at. Right. And yeah, for Emma maybe is one of the most calm, like that's just been in my life and it's followed me, I think, through a lot just... It's a really amazing album and yeah, and can make me connect to something else. Can you recommend a book that you've read about music or songwriting that uh, you think uh, budding songwriting listeners would like? I actually just, I haven't finished reading it, so I can't, I guess, fully recommend it. But I'm currently reading a book called Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott, who is a writer. and But it's her book is about like the process of writing on her process of writing. And it's basically like, you know, it's her life story. She's an incredible author and it's a lot about, she's just humorous and 
dark and funny with like her darkness and uses it to really like bring out something. Yeah. It actually is what started started reading this made me realize like, okay, yeah, no, I do have time for all this. And like having that forced time where you sit down and you write shitty music or you write a, like her, a shitty first draft is like one of her things is like, you're going to write it, just do it, get it out of the way. Right. That's been really inspirational. And, and again, being sort of someone who isn't musical, but it's something that completely applies to music because that creative process. I love hearing what other people's process yeah. processes are and something that is so applicable like it's like yeah that is actually my process you're just reminding me of like why it's important and why that needs to happen and that i need to start doing it again so yeah i would definitely recommend that book for getting especially if it's for like establishing a routine or for kind of shaking things up and reminding yourself too of like you're gonna write some bad stuff right it's yeah okay yeah it's fine because it makes you get on to the next thing yeah you know maybe the fifth thing that you'll do is great but if you don't do the four things in front of it, you're never going to get there. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to backtrack a little bit to talk about lyrics. So what's your process when you do lyrics? Do you have any sort of system or do you, do you become very methodical about that sort of thing? Or do you just try to freeform? I usually, usually they stem from something that's been like churning in my head. Like there'll be a phrase or, or something that I sort of latch onto that either I hear or comes to mind or whatever that that is interesting to me and has some amount of um complexity like emotionally that it stirs something so usually yeah I'll, that'll sort of just be ongoing in my mind and then when I sit down to work on something I'll play with it so usually the first time going through lyrics it's much more about the sound or, or the like the feeling like I'll have a mood it's like okay there's this phrase that I know I'm working with and that's sort of the sets the tone for the piece and then usually actually having some sort of cadence in mind of what it's going to be. And often I will write it with music just so I have some structure of something melodic. And they sort of go hand in hand often, actually, one developing the other. But the lyric, I usually have, like, I have an idea of what the sound is going to be, like what the sound of the phrase is like. It's going to end with something like I, so it'll be, you know, a placeholder will be something night or whatever it is. And that's what I want it to sound like okay. so then the first draft usually makes absolutely no sense or there's a few things that are in there but it's mostly about like what the endings are going to sound like or the phrasing and then and then latching on as I'm writing just random stuff that comes to my mind like writing that down and then realizing okay okay here's like a cool thing here and then I'll work with that and then it just kind of sp goes from there definitely takes a good five to ten revisions often to get some lyrics that are like solid it's been interesting lately playing around a little bit more with not being quite as direct because i'm curious to kind of be a little more artistic with making it really more about the imagery and the the feeling that i want to evoke rather than this is what the song is about and these are the direct lyrics like there's some things that don't necessarily maybe make sense but that are still delivering the end result that i want yeah, you want to shroud a little bit of mystery around some stuff. Yeah, possibly. or maybe even just staying closer to the original thing that comes out that, I don't know, that's an interesting thing to me. I don't know fully where that comes from. And a lot of this next phase of music for me is sort of getting to like tapping into like my true voice, I guess, which yeah. sounds kind of cliche, but like I don't fully know what that is yet. Right. And so I'm no, curious to like really pay attention to the things that kind of come first mm -hmm. so that I can from there work rather than go backwards. Right. It's funny you should say that because I kind of have the same thing because a lot of what I write is so direct and it's it's always like, well, people are going to know this is about me. Right. And I'm like, I don't really want them to know 
this. Yeah. But then you can take it to the other extreme and go like, well, if you want to write a story about somebody and mm -hmm. you put it in the first person, they're going to assume that it's about you totally. when it absolutely isn't. And right. you're like, no, that didn't happen to me at all. Right. No, Liz and I are fine. <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> but uh, so like that sort of stuff. So I, right. I, I like the fact that um, they're trying to do that sort of stuff. That's that's kind of where I am, too. Trying cool. to Trying to get more creative with the imagery imagery and right. stuff like that that's awesome let's go in the opposite direction of emotional lyric writing and talk about tools of the trade so when you are writing what tools do you use other than your instrument when i'm writing mm -hmm. like in that or like do you use because for instance me i have two apps that i use a lot one of them is my notes app on my phone or not my notes app on my phone wonderlist on my phone which is a notes app okay and I have a bunch of different lists, and inside those lists, I can make other lists. So Got it. in one of those lists is just called song titles and lines. Uh -huh. So whenever I get a good line, I'm like, oh, that's a good line. I can put that in song and put totally. that in here and then forget about it until later. Right. That's a good and then idea. I have the, <laughs> yeah, 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 it definitely helps you remember things. Yeah. That's for sure. And then I have the voice memo app that, right. that does everything to remember that sort of stuff. That's my primary tool, actually, yeah. is that I will record everything I do. So do Probably you just I have hit no record before and then just, yeah. then just, okay. Especially because I do, sometimes I really do feel like I get in this weird, like, sort of, like, it's not a trance, but it's in this sort of slightly altered state in a way, like, where it's hard for me to remember what I just did. Uh -huh. So playing it back, then I can listen to, like, oh, that's the line that I said. Cool. <laughs> All right, good job, Celeste. I'm going to write that down. But yeah, voice memos for sure. And for the most part, and, you know, I'll record like more than anything is for I, for me to remember. And right. then at the end of it, I'm like, okay, this is what I did this today. And then, you know, the next day I have no idea what it was. I forgot completely. So play, be able to play it back and remember what I played. And just recording like little blips of like, oh, that's a cool melody line, like here and there, just recording it into my phone and storing it away. That. I should probably start to organize it because I probably have too many of them now. Yeah, but I, yeah, I love that. And I'm more traditional with like there's something to me about just writing in a notebook. Like pen and paper for me is that. I yeah, I don't know. The I like the idea a lot of that app, but I'm really into like I have very specific notebooks that I use. Like uh. I only have a couple kinds that I like, a couple right. pens that I like to write with. Okay. <laughs> and like that sort of there's something about it. It's like drinking coffee in the morning. There's something about like writing physically writing things out that. Right. I, I really start. Enjoy. I try to write music or write lyrics as I'm going but it just I'm such a fast typist that it's easier for me to let go of the guitar for a second and sure. just write things down and uh that's great yeah and uh, it's it's funny to do that and because I always use my computer because I'm a right I, I, I'm terrible at rhymes so I just have rhymezone.com open. I definitely have a, well, this is me being totally old-fashioned again. I have a rhyme dictionary right. <laughs> that I refer to. I also tried that, and it <laughs> took too long to find the rhymes that I needed. <laughs> this makes sense. Yeah, that's funny. I have not realized how, like, it's like nothing else. I'm totally, like, like I can do email. I'm like, <laughs> I got a Facebook. I can do all that. <laughs> but there's something, there's something about writing and, like, reading. Maybe that's, yeah, like, reading, too. I'm... I'm very much like I will not ever read something on a Kindle. Like it just feels so strange to me. Right. I am a huge book, like reading yeah. books type of guy. I am actually possibly going to transition into re uh, reading on a Kindle. but I would try but, it. But uh, it's going to be a little <laughs> bit of back and forth. Yeah. Comic books, though, right. will always be on paper. Yeah. I don't get the whole no. iPad comic book. Mm -mm. It's not. It's not the same it's not thing. not the way it's done. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
So traditional pen and paper yeah. and rhyming dictionary. Yeah. And then voice, and voice memos memo. to remember everything. That's yeah. Pretty good. And then, you know, I'll write out and definitely use like Google Docs to write. Like I have my ongoing lists of songs that I'm, you know, my covers and my originals mm. and stuff. So when I'm pulling together sets, I Set can do that and then that, yeah. write out charts for everything too. For a long time, I used to actually notate everything out in finale. Oh, okay. That took, took takes too long. A while. And it also, it was funny because I mean, that was one of those like music school practices that is really great in the songwriting process actually of like realizing, oh, you know, this melody ends on the same interval like from here to here every time I do it like maybe I'll change it here or whatever it is good to physically see it but in terms of like getting something together for a band like you don't they just want the chords and (laughs) and the structure so that's sort of what I've adapted to but that is actually a really great tool is being able to really notate it out and see what you're doing but it's definitely more time consuming yeah for sure all right what um so people can find you where should they go Bandcamp is probably the easiest one that I like celesteamedy.bandcamp.com yep okay and uh, celesteamedy.com also yeah iTunes CD Baby Facebook all that stuff cool and yeah exciting new stuff coming soon hopefully right so lastly I wanted to feature one of your songs at the end Mm, of the podcast cool would you like to pick a specific song and go through what the writing process was like in that song and what it was about or what it is about so if you were to introduce it at a concert what would you say okay i don't have any finished songs yet so can i like it's interesting because i don't know yet actually hopefully the ep will be done in three months okay that's the goal and actually i might not be going by celeste amity anymore either but yeah so when this gets released it will definitely be a veering off my last couple uh, my ep and single that were the last couple of years, which was just much more kind of folky based. And the, the newer stuff is definitely, well, one thing being much more collaborative. I am still, you know, I'm writing the lyrics and the melody, um, but it's much more of a back and forth process um, with Stephen Tracy, who's the producer. And at St. Cecilia. At St. Cecilia, yeah. yeah. So he's doing a lot more of the actual music. And it's, you know, I get to have, you know, I get to go into a studio to like the, the I don't have to go in with a full song. It's like, okay, well, how are we doing this? How is this going to build in the right way and what do we want it to sound like and it's just so much more of like exploring Mm -hmm. and then you know being able to try some stuff out and realize like oh yeah this is what you know this is what it is here and um the process has been really mostly just so exciting for me and it's definitely vocal heavy like there's a lot of focus on the vocals being part of it and sort of for me tapping into like that side of myself that is something that I've I've really done my whole life and the choral stuff there's some bigger vocal stuff in in the uh there's room for it when you have much more textural music and yeah it's been it's been really exciting and i'm excited to keep going with it and see where where it goes where it ends up well thanks celeste for coming on it's been a pleasure talking to you it's been a pleasure being here always fun to chat it is thanks for having me and uh so i'll let you all go with uh enjoying one of celeste's new songs